0: Hello and welcome to the Everyday Love Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Raley. And if you can remember back to episode number two with Morgan Barnes, we mentioned our counselor named Donna. And I said that I hope to have Donna on the show sometime. Well folks, today is that day. Donna is a licensed professional counselor and I intentionally asked her to come on right before the holidays. I know that this time of year isn't always the most wonderful time of the year for everyone so i asked donna to talk us through some ways to enter the holiday season when dealing with trauma now if you are super stoked about the holidays don't turn us off yet donna also talks us through some ways to help others who are struggling this time of year donna is so full of wisdom and good advice i just can't wait for you all to meet her so here she is. Hey, Donna, how are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I'm really glad to have you on for our special Thanksgiving episode. It's going to be it's going to be good. <laughs> I'll be interested in how it turns out. <laughs> um, so Donna, tell me a little bit
1: about who you are. Well, I thought uh, because of my age, that could go on for a long time, (laughs) but I will tell you the hats that I've worn and uh, sort of caps or hats that I've worn in my life and that might help um, shorten it. I'm a wife and I'm a mother. I'm also a sister and I'm a daughter. I'm a friend, I've been a secretary, I've been an administrative assistant, and now I'm a therapist.
0: I love that. It's a really a really good, comprehensive look. Um, and that's actually, I'll tell people, because I know it's a little trickier for you to tell people this, but uh, Donna is my counselor, so she has permission to say <laughs> that um, I started seeing you I don't know, about a year ago, I guess. I believe so. Yeah. And then she helped me a lot, especially through my pregnancy and all those crazy hormones that <laughs> made me crazy. Um, so I wanted to bring Donna on today to talk to us about dealing with family trauma through the holidays because that, that's kind of a big part of my story and um, she's been really, really helpful and kind of navigating some of those situations. So that's why we have Donna today. Um, so Donna, tell me more about yourself and your background and what, uh, you gave us a
1: good overview. So what are some more specific things you want us to know about you? I had wonderful Christian parents and I know that's not the case always for my clients. And so I try to listen to their stories and understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. But I am grateful for that. Um, I have a sister who led me to the Lord when I was a little girl, and I met my spouse in church, and we're very involved with our church. Yeah. Um, we attend Christ Presbyterian Church in Goodyear now, and I've always loved music, so I sing in the choir, and um, we helped with um, teaching Sunday school together. We team taught. Uh, my husband worked with Boys Brigade years ago, and... Uh, we like, we really like our church because the Presbyterian, the Presbyterian Church does a lot of outreach in the community. Yes. And so that's one of the things that I encourage you to uh-huh. be a part of is the MOPS program at our church. Yeah. And that's a, wonderful. It is a wonderful program. And I just enjoy being around all those young women. It's it's great.
0: Yeah. Um. So what made you want to get and to counseling and i know that was you did that later in life that wasn't your first career so no
1: tell me about no that. i'm blessed to be able to do this at this stage in my life i um i love people um i'm interested in their relationships in helping others and i think that's um the desire of my heart was to be in counseling when i went back to school to get my degree in social work, I naively thought I would be able to counsel when I finished that degree, but that's not the case. You need a master's degree and you need to be licensed in the state and so on. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a quite a journey. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you continue to say yes
0: at all of the turns because you really, really helped me a lot. So I'm really grateful. Well, I you. enjoy it and I look forward <laughs> to seeing my clients. And um, so Was there anything specific that drew you to this career, or was it just like, this is what the Lord put on your heart, and you were just obedient to that?
1: I think it really started to become real to me when I worked for the judge that I worked for for 30 years. Yeah. She had young um, attorneys. Every year we had two new attorneys, and then three later on, uh, who were in their twenties, most of them out of um, law school mm-hmm. and a very important stage in their life of making major decisions yeah. about their future. And I was kind of the mother figure in the office. Yeah, <laughs> And so um, I think that's where God planted that seed. Yeah, And um, it took me a while to get there, but I say to a lot of people, I'm a, a late bloomer.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I love hearing stories like yours of how you know, you were just obedient in things, and maybe you didn't love your career, or maybe you did, I don't know. But then, out of that, you found something that you became really passionate about.
1: Right, and I could not have done that without the support of my husband. Yeah. He was very encouraging all along the way. Yeah. We had little celebrations every time I finished a semester or a quarter.
0: Oh, And I love
1: that. he built this office for me so that I would have a private, quiet place to me with clients once i finally was able to pass all the requirements at the state yeah. what kind of celebrations did you guys have well he would meet me after school at night and we would go for dinner
0: oh
1: or we'd go away for a weekend or That's something so like fun. that it was really nice he just encouraged me when i got discouraged
0: oh that's amazing i love that um okay donna so I would really love for you to speak to the people out there who are just dreading this season. We've got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up, which is the most wonderful time of the year, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it comes with either past memories or, oh, I've got to spend time with my family again. There's just a lot of stuff around this time of the year. Um, so why... From what you've seen in your experience, what is it that makes the holidays so hard for people, if you could narrow it down?
1: I think sometimes we over-anticipate mm. um, that there might be problems. We overbook ourselves. We make too many commitments, and we forget to take care of ourselves. Yeah. That's part of it. But, yes, if there's trauma and family Baggage that hasn't been worked through, um, yeah, that creates a lot of anxiety and frustration, and sometimes depression yeah. for people. Um, and I think that's what what causes people to get to that place where oh, I'm dreading this, or making comment negative comments about the holidays. Mm-hmm.
0: And I I think the over anticipation. Is a really real thing that you've talked to me about and i've had people other people also tell me that you know don't don't make something up that hasn't already happened don't get mad about something mm-hmm. before somebody's done it and that's,
1: that's something i've really had to work on that's the what ifs mm-hmm. in our lives yeah. and we all tend to do a certain amount of that but when it gets out of control then we yeah. develop high anxiety and panic attacks and yeah um and we lose the joy of what we do have, yes. the things that actually do happen. That's really true.
0: I know. Luke teases me sometimes because he'll come in and see me kind of talking kind to of myself. And he's like, what are you doing? And I oh, I'm pretend arguing with so-and-so. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you, have you seen people or is it possible even to have some trauma and not
1: know it, and not be aware of it? Sure. Yeah. I think so. Because we rep- we repress things that are painful. Mm. And we don't want to work through them. So we stuff them down. Yeah. And eventually they deal with us.
0: Right. All right. Sometimes, I know this was true in my life when I was younger, you just think it's normal if you're around people who have bad or unacceptable behaviors but that's who you're with all the time like you think it's normal and so you think this like state of anxiety is normal Mm -hmm. and then once you get out of it you're like that was really unhealthy (laughs) I should not (laughs) have stayed in that situation is that something like is that something you see a lot or is that something that we like how should we maybe address that like whether whether there is a really unhealthy situation going on and we should deal with it. Or if again, we're just making things up before it happens. How do we know the difference?
1: Well, when I meet with a client, that's why I have lots of questions mm-hmm. on that intake form Yeah, to find out about family history, where you grew up, who you grew up with. Yeah. What's up? What kind of, what kind of relationship you have with siblings? Um, Are your parents living? Are they divorced? Are your grandparents alive? All of that helps us in counseling to um, address or help people bring up the issues that they may have had difficulty talking about in the past. Yeah. But it's the client who has to be willing.
0: Right. Right.
1: You don't plant seeds. Yeah. Of... I wonder if this happened to you or I wonder if that happened to you. Mm-hmm. I don't do that. I let the client. Um, when once the client once you have a good rapport with the client, they're comfortable and they learn to trust and open up. Yeah. But that usually doesn't happen the first session. It might, but it usually takes a while. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that's really important for people to hear because I've known people who I recommended like have you ever thought about getting counseling or talking to someone and they think oh no I don't want to dig things up and make it worse or I don't want like to be to have those seeds planted essentially mm-hmm. and I think there are people out there who do that unfortunately but I think if you have a good counselor a good person to talk to they do like you help me see things or you just talk with me through things mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, I think this is what's happening or I think that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes a big difference. You're right. Um, so I know something that you and I talk a lot about are boundaries. <laughs> yes. I oh Man, I love boundaries. <laughs> they really do change your life. Yes, they do. And I think a lot of people are often – they think boundaries are like these horrible things, but you have boundaries with everyone. Like you and I have boundaries. I have boundaries with my husband. I have boundaries with my parents. Like we all need these boundaries to have healthy relationships. Um, so what are some good, just kind of general boundaries that you suggest setting this time of year?
1: It needs to be something manageable for you and mm-hmm. talking with your spouse if you're married. Or if you're still at home speaking with your parents, I mean, if you're in college and you want to do something different than what your family does, if you have a conversation and you know where the people who are important in your inner circle are, mm-hmm. then you can manage um, <clears throat> when you get an invitation that you really may not want to take mm-hmm. <laughs> or accept, uh, or you want to invite certain people over, that conversation needs to happen with those who are close to you mm-hmm. um does that answer your question yeah clearly? i think so um and also
0: it could be not only dealing with family but just like you mentioned earlier taking care of yourself and not over committing um
1: i think those are also some good boundaries to be aware of absolutely make sure you get good rest yeah uh, Take good, ex- have exercise, eat healthy—all of the things that we know yeah. we need to do. We tend to neglect if we get too busy. Yeah, <laughs> too yeah. many things on our to-do list.
0: Can you speak a little bit to like the the keeping <clears throat> up with the Joneses phenomenon that I think is just rampant this time of year? The, you know, we've got to have the better dinner, the better party, the better gifts, the better outfits, whatever mm-hmm. it may be how can we practically kind of manage some of those um
1: stressors agreeing with your spouse or your parents or your close network on what you're going to do with regard to spending because that's the time of year when we tend to overspend Mm -hmm. and then january hits and february and the credit card bills come in and it's like oh my how did we get to this place so i think setting a limit mm-hmm. on what you want to spend on gifts. Um, letting other people help with the meal, whoever's doing the main part of the meal, other people can help bring things. Mm-hmm. Don't be don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah, most everyone wants to help. Right uh, during the holidays, if they're going somewhere for dinner or going to have a exchange of gifts. And so saying, yes, I'll host it, but I need help if you'll bring the appetizer or something to help with it. Ask your spouse to help. That's okay. Yeah.
0: I love that we're having this conversation because I don't think anything that you're saying is, like, new amazing news. But I think we do. Like, we need that permission sometimes from someone else like we Mm -hmm. need to hear it and think Mm
1: -hmm.
0: oh it's okay for me to say no it's Mm -hmm. okay for me to stay home it's Mm -hmm. okay for me to not buy this gift um Mm -hmm. sometimes we just need to hear that permission Mm -hmm. so thank you for Mm -hmm. giving all the listeners that permission (laughs) (laughs) um okay so now I want to get a little deeper here and I'm so so appreciative that you're willing to do this and have this conversation because I think I've Myself, four or five years ago, would have really benefited from hearing this. Um, So I'm hoping that there's people who are listening who are really benefiting from it also. Um, If there is maybe one person that is in your family or in your life that is maybe has an addiction problem or is abusive or is just unhealthy, but you know you're going to have to see them at these gatherings. You're either not going to go to Christmas or Thanksgiving or you're going to see this person. Those are your options. How do we kind of, um, how do we deal with that? How do we, do we just say no and don't go? Do we,
1: what do we do? One option is to make other plans. Mm. If, and if it's a person who's not safe, you shouldn't go. That's a boundary, a safety boundary, especially if you have minor children. Yeah. yeah. If that person is unsafe, don't expose them to that. Right. You have that right as a parent. Right.
0: What about if maybe the rest of your family doesn't see this? They're not aware of the issue or they're making excuses for them, they're enabling them, but you see the behavior and you are not okay with it because that can cause... I mean, I've had many holidays where it just, it was just a clash because of this person who was unhealthy, unwell, and we were trying to enjoy our holiday, but we were, everybody was on edge about what they were going to do or what they were going to, how they were going to act or what they were going to say. And it really, it became all about this person. Um, But at the same time, we didn't want to not gather and not see other family members who we love who we only see
1: once a year so what's were you a minor at that point i was yes so you're you didn't have a lot of choice yeah as an adult you can say you can have a conversation in advance with the other people the healthy people in that unit and say i won't be there because it's just so stressful and it's all about the person who needs help. Yeah, That's yeah. not easy. That's a that's a tough boundary, but it's possible. Right. And you certainly have a right, right.
0: And we have, in recent years, since I've become an adult, yeah. my siblings mm-hmm. have become adults. In setting those boundaries, man, there was a couple of years that it was really, really tough, and it was, mm-hmm. it, was it was quite ugly, honestly. But now, because we've set those boundaries, we do have good relationships with our family and with those people. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that's, I think, the time process of healing. But part of that, I think, is because we set those boundaries. And now that they're respected, we can have a good relationship. And I think sometimes people think boundaries is just cutting them off. No. And that's not the case. No.
1: It's protecting you yeah. from stress that's just not managed mm-hmm. by then. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, good for you that you did that, yes. even though it was painful and it was a process, you did it. So what if we mentioned a little
0: bit, like if they're around the children and that's unsafe, how do we explain that to kids? Because a lot of times kids don't know. They're like, oh, my fun uncle whoever or grandpa so-and-so. And say our family does sit at the bathroom we're like, you cannot be at Christmas this year or whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. How do we tell the kids that they're not going to be there without kind of ruining their innocence and their perception?
1: Children usually just want a simple answer. Yeah, Don't try to explain all the history and all the pain and things. Answer just the question they ask. And it could be that person chooses to be somewhere else or they're not able to come Mm-hmm. And you don't have to say because we don't want them to be there. Yeah, um, they know they're not welcome. But you say they're not able to be there. Mm. Yeah, that's probably enough. Yeah, until they're older teenagers, right. probably.
0: Right. I think that's really helpful because I think that was like a big thing for me growing up. Is we didn't want to lie, but also the truth was ugly. And mm-hmm. so, but I think simplifying it is a really helpful tool
1: we're just saying it's not possible yeah
0: um okay so shifting gears again there's so much that goes into this time of year (laughs) that i think there are so many people who have different scenarios that are that are needing some help um so another side of the coin is if someone you love is having mental health issues and this is a really stressful time of year for them um, if someone you know is going through depression or anxiety or some sort of heavy mental mental illness, um, how what are things that we can do as their friends, as our family, as people who love
1: them to kind of support them? First of all, be a good listener. Yeah. I think that's crucial. So often that's all we really need. Yeah. And we sometimes work through our problems once we've been able to unpack things with a, a person mm-hmm. we trust, yeah. who is going to share our personal information with everyone right. on the block. Uh, I think being there for them to say, I'm available, would you like to go to coffee? Would you like to go to lunch? Just being, being the friend that they need at the time. And if they're in serious trouble, they need help. And that then you suggest a counselor or a doctor. Yeah. Psychiatrist if they're if they're needing medication, if they're extremely high anxiety, depression, they need help. Yeah. Medical help. And a psychiatrist or the medical doctor is able to prescribe medications. Counselors are not.
0: Yeah. Able. Um, I know that sometimes I feel a little caught because there's people who are just really love and i really want to help them but i don't know Like, do they need space or do they need close proximity i don't know kind of where to go or what like what are some signs to read um
1: that we can recognize like how to love these people ask them i think yeah. that's the best thing to do because some people need space and some people need your clothes Mm -hmm. And uh, the only way you're going to know is if you ask them and Mm -hmm. say, How can I be helpful? Yeah. What do you need that I could help you with? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's so, your answers are so simple. And I don't know (laughs) why. Because I'm sitting here, I'm like, Of course, that's what you do. I don't know why I'm trying to read their mind and figure it out on my own. Like, How do I help this person? Man, I should ask them. goodness. Um, so now flipping to another scenario, you again, um, this time of year is often hard for people who have lost someone close to them, someone that they love. What can we do for them? Or is there anything we can do
1: for those people? Sure. You can include them in your family gathering. You can invite them. Yeah. If that's all right with your family you can make a suggestion that they do something different
0: mm-hmm. for the
1: holidays mm-hmm. than what they normally did with the person yeah. they lost. Ha- suggest that they plan a trip or go help at a, a food bank or yeah. serve a dinner on Christmas or Thanksgiving. Something to take their mind off of that loneliness that they may be feeling
0: yeah.
1: in their own uh, home. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think the inclusion piece would be a big deal um, because that would be something different than they would normally do. Yes. But it's also, they still have that feel of a family and like of the. Someone caring for them. Yes. And just, sometimes they just like the chaos. I think the kids running around, the sure. <laughs> the noise, the whatever. And I think it, it can be helpful. Absolutely. Um. So Donna, you're a Christian counselor. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah. That is why I came to see you. Because I I wanted someone who knew it was gonna give me biblical truth. Because I think there's a lot of advice out there. And some of it may even be quote unquote good advice. Um but I I in my choices through my journey of healing I wanted to do was gonna honor the Lord. Um, and you have really helped me to to do that, to walk that road also knowing what scripture says and what God desires of us. Um, so I'm grateful to you for that. Um, so that leads me to my next question of how do we apply the gospel over all of these scenarios, over all of these, just trauma. I mean, it's just trauma. Every single scenario we've talked about is trauma in one way or another. How do we apply the gospel to that? for ourselves and for others who are experiencing it as well.
1: Okay. Um, to back up a little bit, when God created us, he didn't create us all physical Mm -hmm. or all relational uh, or all spiritual, but we're many things combined. And so addressing just one part of a person when they come for counseling I think leaves out so much and mm-hmm. that's why I think the spiritual side of counseling is valuable and I'm grateful when I'm able to use that with clients who are okay I don't yeah. cross the boundary of trying to convince somebody to believe like I do because that's not ethical in counseling right I could lose my license if yeah. I did that so I don't but I ask and, and the questions on my forms mm-hmm. tell me right away what's all right and what isn't, but I also discuss it with clients before we start Mm -hmm. counseling and moving forward. But the gospel is so applicable, I think, because God, when Jesus was on the earth, he had relationships. Mm -hmm. Think about Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. They were his friends. They took care of him. When he needed a place to rest and he needed food, he was comfortable going there. And so I think that helps us see how important relationships are. Yeah. <clears throat> but of course, the gospel I think um, is applicable because it's truthful. Um, his examples for us about treating others mm-hmm. was being kind but honest. Mm-hmm. And he he didn't, he wasn't judgmental. Right. He was always kind and, and truthful and patient. So um keeping that in mind and just thinking about being a person like Jesus helps us.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Did that answer your question? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and what
0: mm-hmm. speaking to Christians, I know that there's kind of a stigma with getting counseling with a lot of Christians mm-hmm. of, you know, they shouldn't need counseling because Jesus is enough, or mm-hmm. they shouldn't need counseling because they can be strong enough in the Lord, or even just the embarrassment of it, of like, no, my family loves the Lord. We don't need help. What what do you have to say to that? Like, like, does the Lord want us to heal? And does he have a path
1: laid out for us? Absolutely. He has a path for each of us. And I think he wants us to be healthy. I think that the counseling stigma is more the older generation, more people my age. Yeah. But young, I see younger people are like, I'm fine, just like you, saying I'm fine for people to know that I've been in counseling. Yeah. It's helped me, and that's all you need to say. You don't need to give them all your history or all your facts. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but I, I agree that Jesus is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But sometimes people have really difficult years growing up yeah, and they haven't learned the skills to manage that.
0: So Donna, I know you've done this for about 15 years now. Uh, What are some resources that you could recommend to people who are maybe needing some help this holiday season?
1: I would recommend Healthy Me, Healthy Us by doctors Les and Leslie Parrott. You're, they say your relationships are only as strong as you are. And I agree with that. And any book on boundaries, <coughs> excuse me, by Dr. Henry Cloud or Dr. John Townsend are are all good books. Yeah. I've heard them speak. And I like their advice. There's strong Christians, all of these people that I'm recommending. Good, good.
0: And um, so, Donna, I think something that you really helped me do that oftentimes mm-hmm. I don't think Christians recognize that this is what, what we do in counseling, especially as a Christian counselor, um, is you helped me find the truths of Scripture to address the issues that I was having. So, you may not be able to open up the Bible and look for PTSD but there are truths within scripture that can speak to whatever diagnosis or struggle that you're that you're going through.
1: True.
0: Yeah. Um and something that I was reading earlier because you talked to me a lot about the Psalms and how David is crying out to the Lord and going to the Lord with um, his anxieties and his worries. Um, and I was reading in 2nd Samuel earlier because that's what my church is going through in our women's Bible today right now. Mm -hmm. And there was a song of David in there, which usually they're in the Psalms. So I thought it was interesting that I was left in second Samuel that way. Um, But he said in there, this line that just struck me in the heart. He said, "Um, you rescued me because you delighted in me. And I think a lot of times people who have had trauma they don't view themselves as worthy and they don't view themselves as able to be rescued. Um, Or I know I, because I grew up as a Christian and in trauma, which is a whole other phenomenon I'm sure we could spend days talking about. Um, I really believe that like, yes, the Lord rescued me, but I really don't deserve it. And like, now I'm just a burden to God. And that's not true. Um, He rescued me because he delighted in me. And so I think that that's, I don't know.
1: Is that something that you have to talk to people sure. about often? Yes, because the message I'm not worthy or I'm a burden to God is that's a, a worldly message, not a message from Jesus. Yeah. And so whenever we go to the world for our value system, we're disappointed. Right. Always, always say I'm God's precious child. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about or address before I ask you our final two questions?
1: Um, I did want to talk about my faith. Oh, yes. Is this a good time to yes, do that? Yes, please do. All right. um, my sister led me to the Lord when I was a little girl,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I'm grateful for that. Um, <clears throat> and growing up in a Christian home, we were in church a lot, and that's kind of the center, that was the center of our, uh, social life
0: mm-hmm.
1: some of our family on my mother's and dad's side were believers
0: mm-hmm. but
1: some were not but there was respect and yeah. that's important to see when you're growing up that there's there can be differences in belief system but you can also respect each other yeah and that was I think a strength for our family
0: yeah that's beautiful. I love that. And that is another good point because I know um, sometimes it's also a little challenging this time of year. Of Like, well, we want to go to church on Christmas Eve. Oh, well, we don't. And how, mm-hmm. you know, how do you work through that? Well, Donna... Do you have anything else for us today?
1: No. Nope. Oh okay. no! Thank you. Great. This was fun. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I have two more questions, okay. right? That I ask everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, going through this journey as a counselor, um, how has that made you love God and love people better than you did
1: previously? I think I'm a lot more tolerant of other people. Yeah. Now, try to be more understanding for sure because I realize how important those formative years are Mm -hmm. in a person's life and how trauma affects them as they're adults. I still have people come to me in their 60s and 70s saying, I don't want to be identified this way anymore, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: referring to something that happened when they were a child with someone they trusted usually. Yeah. Not always, but often that's the case.
0: Yeah. And has it made you love God more or differently, or how have you seen him more?
1: I'm more grateful, yeah. I think, uh, for the blessings in my life and uh, for where I am today without God. I don't know where I'd be.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> Um, And my last question that I ask everybody who comes on the show because it's called the everyday love podcast. What is something that you are loving today? I am
1: uh, enjoying the anticipation for the holidays because I love to bake and cook and be in the kitchen (laughs) when I'm not in here.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you have a, a specific thing you make every year for Thanksgiving or Christmas?
1: No, not necessarily. I mean, we almost always have turkey on Thanksgiving, but um, I like baking a lot. And so I make pies usually for Thanksgiving, whether we're eating home or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that I really do enjoy. Yeah,
0: I'll have to get some of your pie recipes. I also love baking. All right.
1: (laughs) We'll share. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for being on here today, Donna. Thank you for asking me. Man, I told you that Donna was going to be so helpful. I hope that this conversation really gave you permission to set some boundaries if you need to. Or maybe it inspired you to help someone who may be struggling this year. Or maybe even you've been putting off getting help and today you got a new perspective on counseling. I hope this conversation was a blessing to you and you feel a little more prepared entering this season. If you are interested in any of the resources Donna mentioned, they are linked in the show notes. That's all we have for you today. If you need me, you can find me on Instagram at Mrs. Cody Raley. That's M-R-S period K-O-D-I-E R-A-L-E-Y. I hope you have a very happy Thanksgiving full of healthy people that you love.